الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وعباد الرحمن الذين يمشون على الارض هونا واذا خاطبهم الجاهلون قالوا سلاما والذين يبيتون لربهم سجدا وقياما صدق الله العظيم most respected brothers and elders mothers and sisters we had been discussing the qualities of the ibadur rahman the special servants of allah tbarak wa taala the chosen slaves of rahman rahman of allah taala and the highlight of these people is the humility in them humility in them and as a result of this humility they are people who stay far away from quarrels disquarrels disputes quarrels disputes this is their manner this is their way that they don't get engaged in all these problems and problems and unnecessary quarrels and disputes so in terms of the people who want to become ibadur rahman man this is a very fundamental part of their lives that they shun quarrels and disputes and disputes and disputes they don't get caught up in these things if you look into the lives of the pious they went out of their way to stay out of these things we discussed yesterday a few incidents the incident of said said ismail shahid rahmatullah alay and likewise hazrat mashwadi thani rahmatullah alay's incident the previous night we had discussed about hazrat mufti mohammad shafi sahab rahmatullah alay the example that these people set was actually what they learned from the legacy of the pious predecessors and that which came down from the sahaba ikram radhiyallahu anhu ajma'in and they in turn had learned this from none other than rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam this was the example that they had learned from others and which they then enacted in their lives so this is what we also have to try and acquire in our lives that to the extent that we can stay far away from all these unnecessary issues to that extent we will be safe from many many problems imam malik bin anas rahimahullah it is quoted from him that a person cannot acquire the reality of iman until he shuns quarrels and disputes and he explains that these quarrels and disputes these things harden the heart and they create malice and malice is obviously a terrible malady malice takes a person far away from allah taala so obviously a person who wants to keep his heart clean of malice a person who wants to be closer to allah taala and he's going to refrain from these kind of futile disputes and quarrels as mentioned yesterday that sometimes there is a situation where a person's right is involved and he wants to claim his right he's by he's entitled to do so by all means in a dignified manner within the limits he will go ahead and claim his rights that hasn't been uh, prohibited by from anybody but in order to gain this reality of iman this is actually the statement of abu zar radiyallahu ta'ala an that the person who wishes to gain the reality of iman then he will have to give up these kind of disputes and quarrels and in fact ibn umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu 
he says it a little more directly and more clearly. He says that a person will not be able to achieve the reality of Iman. وَلَا يُسِيبَ رَجُلٌ حَقِيقَةَ الْإِمَانِ حَتَّى يَتْرُكَ الْمِرَاءِ وَهُوَ يَعْلَمُ أَنَّهُ صَادِقٌ It is the same thing that was explained by Abu Zarr radiallahu ta'ala but he expanded on it and explained it further. And he says a person cannot acquire the reality of Iman until he gives up disputes Though he is convinced that he is the person who is on the right, he has he has done what is correct, but now a dispute has come up, there's a quarrel. So in order to protect his iman, protect protect his akhlaq, so he decides rather let this be. So Ibn Umar says then the person does this, person does this, he will acquire he will acquire the reality of Iman. And likewise further he says, Wayatrukal Kadib til Mazaha. In order to acquire the reality of Iman, it's also it's also necessary that the person gives up lying even when joking. One is to speak lies in a serious manner, that that too is out of the question, that is a major sin. But even while in a joking manner, a person is lying. That too is not in order. That too has to be given. Too has to be given up. So this was the way in which these pious personalities conducted themselves. These were their statements, and this, and this is how, and this is how they advised people to continue their lives, to move forward without these kind of quarrels, disputes. So. This is what we have to try and learn. We have to try and inculcate in our lives. For every small thing, some kind of dispute, some kind of quarrel, with everybody we are quarreling, with every other person we are disputing, person we are disputing, and this goes on within the walls of the home, the walls of the home, out in the workplace, workplace, with family members, Anyone and everyone, this just continues. And as a result, there is so much of ill feeling, so much of malice, and people are distanced, distanced from one, from one another. It creates so much of unpleasantness. But again, coming to the point that we were discussing, and where the starting point is, it is, it is that when will this be possible? to avoid that dispute and quarrel, sometimes even when one is, is, convert, is convinced that one is right, all this can only happen to the extent of that tawazu and humility. So this is the way that, that we have to try and conduct ourselves, this is the way that we have to try and bring these beautiful, these beautiful qualities in our lives, 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 aspect of humility, staying away from these quarrels and disputes. On this note, there was a very great personality, great personality, great personality in our recent past. We have mentioned his name many times. Hazrat Muhammad Sayyid Abu Hassan Ali Nadwi Rahmatullah Ali. He wrote a, he wrote a beautiful article, or actually it was not really an article that he wrote, but this has been uh, narrated about him, and this has so much of lessons in it for us, therefore this is being mentioned here, he once gathered his entire family towards the tail end of his life, or many would be a little familiar with this personality, Personality was a very great alim, very pious person. Just on this point, actually, the intention is to discuss something, or something about something about what he mentioned to his family towards the tail end of his life when he gathered them specifically to give them this nasihat. Inshallah, we will come to that. But just something else, just something else is coming to mind on mind on the spur of the moment. 
which is very relevant to our situation and therefore we will just digress a bit and first discuss, discuss this what Allah Ta'ala has put in the mind now and then come back to what we were discussing. We were talking about Mawlana Abul Hassan Ali Nazir very very pious person, very great alim, person who was renowned in India and Pakistan and renowned in the Arab world also. The, the Arabs also had a very high regard for him. When he passed away, according to the Hanbali Mazhab, the Janaza Salah can be performed for a person in for a person in absentia. Somebody passed away in some other part of the world or somewhere far off, then the Janaza Salah can be made even here, even even the place even the place where the person is not present his janaza is not present there but the family, etc., can make the janaza salah there. So when, he pa- so, when he passed away, he passed away in the month of Ramadan, about approximately 20 years ago, he passed away in the month of Ramadan in India, in Lucknow. But when this message of his passing had been con- conveyed in the Haram Sharif in Makkah Mukarrama, his janaza salah, salah was performed. This is the extent of uh, respect that they afforded him and this was the regard they had for him that he was a very very great personality great great personality great alim and all of Akabir also he had a very close taluk with them Hazrat Ma Zakiriya Sahib Sheikh Al-Hadith Ma Zakiriya Sahib Rahmatullahi had, had a very close attachment and fondness for him and he was very close to Hazrat Ma'ala Abdul Qadir Raipuri Rahmatullahi, very glale, very great glale, very great buzruk of the time. So in any case, he had gone to visit Burma on one of his uh, suffers. He, he was invited there to come and give some talks and address the people, advise them, etc. So he had gone to Burma and this was the, was the, time, was the time before the revolution took place in Burma. So when he went to Burma, at that time, there was tremendous affluence, affluence, affluence. People were, you may say, like floating in wealth. There was a lot of uh, luxury and com- luxury and comfort. And unfortunately, people got lost a little bit. They forgot that these are ni'mats and bounties of Allah Ta'ala. Which have to be appreciated and used correctly, not to be not to be abused, not to be uh, extravagant and extravagant and extravagant and wasteful with it, not to use it in wrong and haram. So, any case, when he went, so whatever time he had spent there, in that time, in that time, he observed how everything is carrying on, what's going on, and among the things he observed was also the manner of their weddings because perhaps while he was there there were some there were some nikahs that took place and some weddings that took place and some weddings that took place and they would have invited him perhaps. So he observed all these things and the gross wastage and the extravagance 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 and the amount of money that was just being thrown down the drain in how these things were all being done done. So he observed all observed all these things. At the tail end of his suffer and his stay there, when he was now about to depart and come back to back to India, back to India, so he gave a talk at that time, and that talk was recorded. The recording of that talk is still available to this day. They, they, in fact, people have downloaded it from the internet. It's still saved somewhere. So this talk was given in Burma. And in this talk, he addressed the people. Talk, he addressed the people and said, and said to them. First, he started off. This was part of his tawazu and humility, that he, what he was going to say, he made it. He made it sound very, very, just ordinary. That he is nobody. He is nothing. So he started off by saying, after the introduction, after the introduction, he started off somewhere by saying. That look, if a person sees dark clouds, and then he says that it's going to rain soon, rain soon. 
And after a while it starts raining, nobody looks at this in great amazement that this person predicted rain and rain came. So this person is some very great person because he predicted rain. Any child also who has some understanding, he sees this cloud and he also knows that well, that well, this, that well, this signals rain. Likewise, he says if a person sees a woman and the signs of her expecting a child are all visible, and he says this woman is going to have a child, and a month later or so, she gives birth to a child. So now, so now people don't come around running that this person was some very, very saintly person and some very great miracle he performed. He predicted, predicted that this woman is predicted that this will have a child and she did have a child. There was nothing amazing about that. It was straightforward. Any person who has the little bit, has the little bit of understanding of life, he knows this. So there is no great achievement in something like this that was said. Now this was the introduction he gave, but this too was part, but this too was part, part of his tawazu and humility that he was going to say something very, very profound. But he just started it off on this way that look what I'm going to say, I'm going to say, what I'm going to say, don't regard it as some very great uh, miracle if something like this happens. But I'm just seeing what I'm just saying what I'm seeing. Just saying what I'm seeing. This is what he meant to say. Thereafter he addressed them and said that look, these ni'mats of Allah Ta'ala are not meant to be squandered in this way. And and the life and the lifestyle that is being led and the various things that are being various things that are being done. This is not the way that a mu'min lives. And when and when and when these things become widespread in society, society, in society this extravagance and wastage, and especially in how the weddings, etc., were taking place, he said, "Look, you have to change this, and you have, and you have to bring Islam and Islam and Deen alive in reality. And if you do this, then you will protect yourself, protect your businesses, protect your life, livelihoods, protect everything around you, and you will be saved from a very, very major problem." And then he said, but if you refuse to do this, you fail to do this, you fail to do this, you fail to do it, and you carry on with your lives in this manner. He then said something which Allah Ta'ala put on his tongue. He said, I can't see you continuing like this more than 10 years. Like this more than 10 years. More than 10 years, I can't see you continuing in this manner. In other words, the dark clouds are already hanging, and it doesn't seem like you will be, you will be, able, to, you will be able to pass more than 10 years in this manner. If you don't change your lives, you don't make amends, don't turn to Allah Ta'ala, don't, re- don't, repent, don't repent sincerely, don't stop wasting and squandering the ni'mats and bounties of Allah Ta'ala. Then if you make tawbah, you tawbah, you turn to Allah Ta'ala very well. But if not, then I am very worried that 10 years won't pass, more than 10 years won't pass in this manner. He said this, and and then left for India back to home. People heard this, and generally, by and large, nobody took any notice of it. Nobody paid any attention. People just took it well. This person came from India and said something and went away. So we don't need to be too concerned about what he came and said and went. Came and said and went. So unfortunately, this is a common problem, common issue. That when people advise us, people try to correct us, correct us. So generally the response is not the way it should be. And many people just just ignore it completely. Some even go beyond that. Some even go and start mocking it and ridiculing the person who's trying to advise them, who's trying to advise them, correct them, correct them. What this person knows, he just wants to come and say, he came all the way from India, and maybe he doesn't have all this comfort and luxury there in India, he wants to come and now, oh, uh, uh, come and give us his stories. Not that anybody said it there in particular, I am just giving this as an example. That this is the kind of comments, sometimes when somebody is, when somebody is correcting, and somebody is correcting us, giving us advice, telling us what is correct, 
trying to guide us towards that which will keep us safe. Keep us safe in our deen, kirin, keep us safe in our dunya. But our response is very, very negative. We will start immediately first attacking maybe the person's intentions. This person got it in for me. That's why he's saying this. Or this person got a personal problem. There's actually some, some agenda of his. But now he found an opportunity. That person may have had some problem or whatever, some personal problem with you. But, but on this occasion, this occasion, this occasion, he is saying this because of that personal problem. What's the proof for that? Do we have any proof that this is, this is the reason? This is the motivation. Can we look into his, we look into his heart? And if we cannot, then will we not, then will we not, then will we not, then will we not be answerable to, answerable to Allah Ta'ala, answerable to Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah for this. What proof and what uh, evidence can we present that definitely this person said this because of that wrong motivation? We got no proof for that. So if what the person said is correct, then it is only pride that comes in the way of accepting it. Like in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah somebody asked him that after Nabi mentioned how detrimental pride is, that what a serious sin this is, that a person who has pride to the extent of a mustard seed, so minute, that extent of pride also a person has, he will not enter Jannah. In other words, he will have to go through the cleansing process of Jahannam. If he has Iman, he will eventually go to Jannah. But this pride to the extent of a mustard seed will prevent the direct entry to Jannat. So dangerous this is. So somebody asked that a person sometimes wants to wear something good, say something good. So does that also constitute, constitute pride? So Rasulullah said, no, that is not pride. Uh, obvious, obviously this is, to be, this is to be understood in conjunction with the other ahadith where we discussed this previously, the person wearing something in order to impress others, to show off, that is a sin. And such a person will be clothed with the garments of disgrace on the day of Qiyamah, as mentioned in the Hadith Sharif. The other person can afford something, and he's wearing something within the limits of Shariat, and it is something better, and as part of the Ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala, he's wearing it, but it doesn't come into his heart at all that others must see it and be impressed with it, or he is following some styles and fashion, then he's fine, no problem. Nabi Wasallam then went on to explain what is pride. This is not pride in, in itself. Pride is batarul haq wa ghamtun nas. There are two elements of pride. Rejecting the truth. Somebody has said something, what he has said is correct, it's haq, it's the truth. But the problem comes in between is that who are you to tell me? So therefore I won't accept it. Now that is purely pride. That if what the person is saying is correct, so to reject it merely because why he said it, that is pride. So batarul haq wa ghamtun nas and looking down on people. This is pride. This is pride. So in any case, when people correct us, advise us, this is often the case that people just ignore it. Some even go to start mocking it, finding some kind of, you will attack the intention behind it, and then if they don't have anything to attack in terms of the intention and motivation, then we will have some other issue, well this person now doesn't understand our situation, we have to have it different now. Something or the other will have, some cover up for ourselves, some interpretation we will make, some ta'wil. So when he also gave this advice, and he left, people generally just didn't pay any attention and life went on. It is recorded that 10 years later, the year that he gave this talk in Burma and left and at that time he had said that change your lives, turn to Allah Ta'ala, repent. People didn't pay attention. 10 years later, the revolution took place. And people who were floating in wealth overnight Overnight, they left penniless. Many walked out of that country and walked towards India to take refuge. 
Many were stuck there for years, but they lived as servants of the state, owning nothing, and all that, whatever they had was all just, just disappeared overnight. People had stacks of money, which the currency was changed overnight. Now having that stacks of money became a crime. So people with their own hands went and burnt it. Because this would have become a problem if it was found on them. What lesson did, do we learn from this? This is history. And this is the history that we have to bear in mind. We often want to read a lot of things about his, history, history about this person and that person, people who don't have Iman, their history. What are we going to learn from their history? This is the history that we have to learn from. The pious people, what they have uh, left behind for us, their incidents, starting off with the history and the biography and the seerat of Rasulullah the Sahaba Ikram and the pious predecessors, this is the history that we have to really learn. In any case, what did we learn from this history? This is a fact, as mentioned, that this talk is still on record. It's available on the internet. People have downloaded it. There are kitabs that have been written on it. So, this is a reality, something that happened not far off. What did we learn from this? Did we take any message? Did we take a lesson? Now we are currently in these halat. This doesn't happen just, just willy-nilly. Things just happen. One virus just came away. Something just happened. No, these things don't just happen. That great personality, he saw something. But Allah Ta'ala makes some signs visible. He saw something. That look, these clouds are there. And these people are inviting the wrath of Allah Ta'ala with the manner that they are conducting themselves. And as a result, he sounded the alarm, he sounded the warning, he rang the alarm bells. But unfortunately, when the heart becomes hardened, then just as when the ears become deaf, person can't hear anything, when the heart becomes hardened, it doesn't take any nasihat and advice. And life just carries on. Until Allah forbid, it becomes too late to then turn around. So likewise, we are also in a situation. We are in a situation. But let us look around us. How much of sin is still taking place? We're talking about us, ourselves, the Ummad, Muslims. What can we talk about people without Iman? They have no deen. They have no concept of halal and haram. What are we going to talk about them? And it's not about their actions that determine the kind of conditions. They have nothing to present. What are they going to present? And the ayat, etc., that have been, that have discussed about that the conditions, the crux of it, each, which is that the conditions that come as a result of your actions, it refers primarily to our actions. Allah Ta'ala blessed us with Iman, blessed us with the beautiful deen of Islam. Allah Ta'ala gave us this pure and noble way of life, of Rasulullah Wasallam. And after having it all, and we are ignoring it, we are shunning it, we are turning our backs on the Mubarak way of Rasulullah wasallam and embracing the ways of the Yahud and Nasara. So this gives invitation to some things. Throughout the world, we see what's going on. Throughout the world, what's happening is in front of us. One is, throughout the world, we're talking about presently, everybody is only focused on one thing, on the virus. But before the virus came out, what was happening around the world, what was happening in our own backyards, what was happening in our own homes, what was happening in our hands, what was happening in our eyes and ears, and on our tongues, and Allah forbid what is still happening. Many of these things are becoming quite a shock of how things are unfolding, what's going on, unimaginable. Again, when talking about unimaginable, what a shocking situation, then too many people's thinking only turns towards dunya, that the stock market crashed, and that the price of oil came down to zero, and somebody is saying that uh, some this happened and that happened. Yes, those things are happening also. And this is also a musibat. Allah Ta'ala grant afiyat to one and all. People's livelihoods have been affected. 
people's businesses have been affected. People are starving, starving, waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning to go stand in a queue in order to get some food in the hope that some food is going to come. They're standing from 2 o'clock in the morning so that they can be in the front of some line. Because if that food runs out and in the back, they are in the back of that line, they will not get anything. So they've eaten nothing for the day and now they're waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning. This is happening around us in our country. Every other place this is happening. The poor are in a very, very desperate situation. So this is also a calamity. It's a very, very big musibat. Allah Ta'ala grant afiyat to one and all. But even greater than this, the musibat even greater than this, as we have repeatedly mentioned, is that all the works of deen have almost come to a standstill because of the situation. The masajid have been closed down. Whether we will say that this is as a result of, well, some regulation and they want to have some precautions, all that in its place, of the precautions and whatever else. But the point is that the result is that the masjid got closed. The result is that the madaris had to come to a standstill. The work of Dawat and Tabligh had to come to a stop. This is the shock. This is the shock. That this was unimagined. There wasn't any thought that could have crossed the mind of anybody living today that this could happen, that the Haram and Sharifin will be deserted. This is the shock. But while this is shocking, before all this shock came up, before this virus became widespread, before this virus was even heard about, all the shocking things happening around us, all the shocking things happening around the world, did it shock us? The extent to which haram was being indulged in, people sitting on their phones and indulging in haram, and Allah forbid still carrying on. People indulging in all kinds of vice and sin, did that shock us? Did it shock us when we were invited to a wedding and we saw the gross haram that is taking place there? Did it shock us? Or we just smilingly carried on also with life there and patted everybody on their back for, mashallah, very nice function and jazakallah for inviting us. And then we walked out from there and then gossiped about it. That all these people didn't do a nice thing. But it didn't, did it move us? At the most that too, if we said it wasn't a good thing. But did it shock us? Shock us not on the sense that, in any way, but that what gross disobedience of Allah Ta'ala is taking place on a public note for everyone to see. And then on top of that it is being videoed and filmed for the generations to come also to see what kind of sin our great-grandfather and great-grandmother and whoever else indulged in. The great, the grandchildren and great-grandchildren to come also, they must also be witnesses to the sin. On a grand scale, open sin. In the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says, Kullu ummati mu'afan illa al-mujahireen. That everyone in my ummah will be granted this afiyat and safety except the mujahireen, except those who sin openly. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was asked, that who are these mujahireen? Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, sometimes a person does something secretly, Allah Ta'ala covers his fault. The next day he comes and starts speaking about it. So he opened out that fault, that sin. Allah Ta'ala concealed it, that he'll make tawbah and he'll repent. He went one step further, instead of making toba, he went and started making it public. Now that is a person who, he committed something secretly, and then went and spoke about it in public somewhere. He told 10 people, 15 people. That too becomes so serious, that Nabi Wasallam says, he can't get forgiveness, he has to make very, very major toba, public toba. So what about that person who indulges in a sin for the whole world to witness, public display, invites everybody for that sin. How serious that becomes. Did that shock us? When we heard about things happening, Allah forbid, in the lands of the Haramain Sharifain, theaters and cinemas opening up all over the place, did that shock us? Did it shake our hearts? Did it make us feel very, very heavy? Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. What is happening? What is going on? Or is it just a news item? Or is it just something in passing that we just well, this is happening too, and that is happening too, just like a news item. So the shocks already happened. 
The things that were shocking were already happening. But that didn't shock us. But these were the things that were inviting the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. This is escaping us. This is unfortunately not dawning upon our hearts. That this is not an occurrence by, by itself. Something that just happened. Something that is just by the way. Or something that, well, is just a chance occurrence. Some coincidental thing. No, this is not something coincidental. What was going on for a long time, and Allah Ta'ala gave so much of respite to us. But we as a ummah kept on ignoring it. And again, not only sometimes we talk about the whole ummah, so we always think about this is the problem of others. We too, on our individual levels, have contributed, unfortunately, in many ways towards this great calamity that has come. In our own individual lives, if you look in terms of what we have been doing, what we have been looking at, what kind of ghibat we are making, what kind of dressing we are walking around in, the shamelessness, and no conscience about it. And so many things that are taking place all the time, all these are the things that we have been paying no attention to, and this one thing after the other has been just escalating, and now that all this is going on and on, and it is inviting the wrath of Allah Ta'ala all this while, and suddenly when things have, the whole world is now in turmoil, things that couldn't be dreamt of, that's the order of the day. Now this is become, becoming a shock, this is becoming something that's shaking us, shaking many people, but merely just again looking at it from a purely worldly viewpoint, that is going to be a major tragedy. We have to look at it in the light of the Quran and Sunnah. And in the light of the Quran and Sunnah, the only solution to this is sincere tawbah, turning to Allah Ta'ala. We ask for forgiveness. MashaAllah, that's istighfar. Ya Allah, you forgive us. We're begging the forgiveness of Allah Ta'ala, that's istighfar. We must make istighfar. But more than istighfar is tawbah, repentance. Turning to Allah Ta'ala in sincere repentance. Repentance requires a change of life. Stopping the sins. Stopping the shamelessness. Stopping the zulm. Stopping all the haram and evil that's carrying on. Giving it up. And begging Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness for having indulged in it. And making a firm resolution not to go back to these things. How many things have been happening all the time and people have been discussing it, aware of it. These are not things that are comfortable discussing, but these are realities, unfortunately, very tragic realities. The only thing is being discussed so that we take ibrat, we take a lesson. That how many things are going completely chaotic in our own city, in our surroundings, the number of Muslim youth that are found drinking in intoxicants, how many Muslims in the gambling dens, how many people Allah forbid involved in the evil of zina, and these things keep coming up from time to time. So many issues in the workplace, where not, what's going on, and it just carries on like business as usual, people carry on with their lives like nothing happened, they indulge in so many things, not that we are better than anybody, we should always regard ourselves as the worst person on earth. But on a general note, we all have to make tawbah. And these are the sins that invite the wrath of Allah Ta'ala. So Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala has kept the solution for us in the Quran Sharif. Rasulullah Sallallahu explained the solution to us. We want things to turn in our favor, we want these difficulties and hardships to be uplifted. It's not going to happen by just wishing and just merely sanitizing our hands and wearing masks and gloves. That alone is not going to change the situation. That is not going to become the solution to the problem. That's not going to remove the azad that has come. We have to sanitize our hearts first. Not to say that sanitizing the hands we are uh, saying that this should not be done or that whatever precautions 
are necessary to be taken when there is a pandemic should not be taken. That is not being advocated. That is not being advised in any way. What the message is, that is not going to take the problem away. That we will do whatever is required to be done within the limits in terms of whatever uh, precautions need to be taken. That will be done. But we can go on doing whatever we want to do. The social distancing can continue from now till whenever. But that is not going to solve our problem. Distancing ourselves from sin. The sin distancing. Social distancing is not going to solve the problem. Sin distancing is going to solve it. Sanitizing the hands is not going to solve the problem. Sanitize it by all means. No problem with that. Sanitize the hands. That's part of the precautions. We'll take the precautions. Sanitize the hands. But we have to sanitize our hearts. Sanitize our hearts with sincere toba. Sanitize our eyes. Those eyes that have been looking at haram over and over again. Sanitize those eyes with sincere toba. Sanitize those ears and tongue from all the sin and evil that it was indulging in with sincere toba. And this sincere toba entails a change of life. It's not just words. It's a change of life. It's stopping that sin. People in this time now, because they are bored, they're still indulging in moharam. They're watching movies. Now that movie, what film comes on? So there's sin upon sin. This is what we have to make. Toba from turn to Allah wa ta'ala. And when we will all turn, وَتُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ جَمِيعًا أَيُّهَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ Allah Ta'ala says, O oh, you believers, all of you make Toba. لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ So that you be, you be successful. We want that success. We want the conditions to change for the better. Then if the good starts dominating, what is clear is that the evil became dominant. Like in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah was asked, Anuhlak wafina salihun. Will we be destroyed when there are pious people also among us? Rasulullah replied and said, Naam, iza kafur al When the evil becomes dominant, then it will happen. Then in dunya, everybody will get affected. But in the akhirat, Allah Ta'ala will separate the good from the bad. The good will get rewarded for having endured that difficulty in dunya also. It will elevate their stages and they will then get the high levels of jannat. But the azab will come on those who were involved in the vices and evil. So it is clear that in the dunya, the vice had become dominant. The evil had become greatly dominant. So now this whole world is now engulfed in this. So we have to all turn to Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, make sincere tawbah, beg Allah Ta'ala's forgiveness, and inshallah, this waba and this calamity, this pandemic will be uplifted. So we are approaching this very, very Mubarak time. This too requires that we start making sincere tawbah, stop all the things that are an impediment, an obstacle in getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. Refrain from these things entirely. Stop it, block it, shut it off. Take it out of our system. Throw it away. Let's turn to Allah in all sincerity. Beg Allah Ta'ala's help for ourselves, for the entire ummah of Rasulullah Let us have some mercy upon ourselves, mercy upon others who are suffering due to our sins. Let us have mercy upon the generations to come. Because what we will do now might leave its impact for Allah knows best how long. So we need to turn to Allah Taala in all earnestness, beg Allah Taala's forgiveness, make excessive tawbah, istighfar, increase our amal, and inshallah the rahmat of Allah Taala will descend. We were planning to discuss something else, but inshallah we will Allah Taala give tawfiq, discuss that in the future time. May Allah Taala grant us a tawfiq of turning to Him sincerely, making tawbah, repenting, and begging Allah Taala's forgiveness and help. May Allah Ta'ala remove the difficulties and hardships from the entire ummah. Allah Ta'ala grant afiyat to one and all. Allah Ta'ala make it easy for every single person. Allah Ta'ala make hifazat and protect all. Allah Ta'ala protect each one's uh, iman, amal, life, health, wealth, properties. Allah Ta'ala protect the businesses of every person. 
protect the jobs, protect the honor of every person. Allah Ta'ala create ease and afiyat for one and all. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا عَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم الله جل جلاله عم نواله الله 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 الله
صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك اذ الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله يا ربي صل وسلم دائما ابدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم ربنا ولبنا انفسنا ولبنا انفسنا ولبنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا اله الا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسالك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمه من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله forgive us يا الله Allah forgive us ya Allah ya Allah forgive us ya Allah ya Allah we sin the brothers calamity of the whole ummah ya Allah ya Allah forgive us ya Allah ya Allah forgive us ya Allah ya Allah we acknowledge all the wrongs you have done Allah there's nothing we can hide from you ya Allah ya Allah you are alimul khabir ya Allah ilahul alamin you know not deception of the eyes ya Allah what the hearts are concealing ya Allah you know every single item ya Allah every single bit of us you know ya Allah Ilahul alamin ya Allah there's nothing we can hide from you ya Allah Allah we acknowledge all the wrongs you have done ya Allah Ilahul alamin ya Allah Ya Allah what do we have ya your servant ya Allah Ilahul alamin ya Allah what do we have ya Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam despite our wrongs ya Allah we have full hope in your mercy ya Allah Ya Allah you forgive us ya Allah show down your rahmat ya Allah Allah, don't deprive us of your mercy, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. Remove the difficulties from the whole ummah, ya Allah. Remove the hardships and calamities from the whole ummah, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, remove the virus from the entire humanity, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. Grant hidayah to one and all, ya Allah. Grant hidayah to one and all, ya Allah. Allah, grant us the hidayah to make sincere tawbah, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. Despite the halal, despite the conditions. Despite all the reminders, Ya Allah, we still conducting ourselves with the same, Ya Allah, ghaflat, Ya Allah, the same heedlessness, Ya Allah, the same neglect, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, remove the hardness of our hearts out, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, full of our hearts with your Muhammad, Ya Allah. Full of our hearts with your Muhammad, Ya Allah. Full of our hearts with your Muhammad, Ya Allah. Full of our hearts with the love of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah has the love of his mubarak sunnah ya Allah. Allahu alamin ya Allah. You protect us ya Allah. You guide us ya Allah. Keep us steadfast on iman and islam ya Allah. Allahu alamin save us from all the haram ya Allah. Save us from all the indecency and shamelessness ya Allah. Save us from going to the places of vice ya Allah. Allahu alamin ya Allah. Ya Allah you protect the entire ummah ya Allah. From all from all from all the fitna and fasad that is taking place ya Allah. Allahu alamin ya Allah guide the youth of the ummah ya Allah. Allah guide the youth of the ummah ya Allah guide the women of the ummah ya Allah guide the men of the ummah ya Allah ilahul alamin we are all in need of hidayah ya Allah ilahul alamin you guide us ya Allah you guide us ya Allah you protect our children ya Allah you protect us ya Allah ilahul alamin ya Allah we are very weak ya Allah ya Allah don't leave us to the to ourselves to the blink of an eye ya Allah Allahumma la takilna ila anfusina tarfat ayn Allahumma la takilna ila anfusina tarfat ayn فإنك إن تكلنا إلى أنفسنا تكلنا إلى ضعف وذنب وعورة وخطيئة إله العالمين يا الله يا الله يا الله you make us your true and obedient servants يا الله يا الله this is all the ingratitude that we have shown يا الله we are tasting the result of our ingratitude يا الله that we took all your نعمات and used it to break your commands يا الله يا الله all your نعمات we have been throwing it down the drain in all the wastefulness in all the extravagance Ilahul alamin ya Allah we are tasting the end result of our ingratitude ya Allah ilahul alamin forgive us ya Allah forgive us ya Allah ya bi sincere toba ya Allah ya bi sincere toba ya Allah ya Allah you put sincerity in the soul of us ya Allah 
who have raised their hands to this dua, fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah, remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah, grant each one afiyat in every aspect, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, our greatest need is to become yours, Ya Allah, you make us yours, Ya Allah, you become ours, Ya Allah, اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه أجمعين برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين